0: Hey guys, reaching out to you with a fantastic opportunity. One of our great fans reached out to us recently and presented us a massive opportunity. Brent, you're a great guy. He's donated a custom-built golf cart in a dead pair theme. He gave it to Jason and I for the Dead Pair podcast in order to go to a charity that we support. Of course, we turned this around and gave it to the Ronald McDonald House Kids and Clays program. So right now, you can go to www. Dot deadpair.givesmart.com. On that website, you have an opportunity to purchase tickets to win this awesome golf cart, which will be delivered to the winner. There are photos of the golf cart online, as well as a link to a YouTube video where Brent shows the complete teardown, rebuild, customization of this cart. It is killer, guys. You don't want to miss out on this. Somebody's going to win it. We're going to give it away at Vero Beach in 2024 at the Caribbean Cup. It might as well be you. So go out there buy those tickets, support a good cause, support the Ronald McDonald House and have a cool buggy to run around and break clays with. Now back to the show. The Dead Pair podcast is brought to you by the Elite Experience, Elite Shotguns, and is fueled by Fioki.
1: Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast, coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are
0: you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Anthony Matarese Jr. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. So.
2: Welcome back, David Redouille. That's a net positive. <laughs> Brad kid. Corey Cruz. Thank you for
3: joining us. This evening. Now I feel awkward.
1: With your hosts, Jason Rambo. One more Red Bull for you. And Sean Alley. Woo! Yeah! She- Christmas. Do it. Often imitated but never duplicated. It's the Dead pair Podcast. Dead, dead, dead. And now, it's showtime.
2: Welcome back, Mr. Large and in Charge. Yeah, Jason, I think you left the door open again. I did. Well, actually, this guy was invited. Oh, he was? Oh, okay. Welcome to the studio. Make a break, Ed Pritchard. What's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, guys. It's great to be here. Yeah,
0: good to see you in studio, Ed. That's first time and awesome to have you here. It's well, a
2: pleasure. I, I remember at the Ohio State championship uh mr bailey told me he says now if you guys had a voice like him and i said well he's coming in studio he's like can you keep him there i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, so Dan's always was quick with a compliment
2: oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's dan you
1: know uh, so how you been ed i've been good it's been a great summer been busy uh, still rolling along here have uh, <laughs> primarily charity ronald mcdonald house type fundraiser events boy scouts in the fall here so I'm, uh, in a, in, I guess on the second week of a four week tour right now here, nice. to wrap up the season. Gotcha. What well, event
0: are you in town for right now?
1: So this is the, uh, touched by cancer event. Uh, Sharon Generet, Doug Generet's wife, mm-hmm. uh, does an event where she raises money. It helps people that my understanding with terminal cancer. And then they use yoga as a way to help them with their pain and just getting through the, the situation they're in. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, um, we're going to talk about the other reason you're in town here in a minute. All right. Uh, but for those that don't know you, Ed, um, people that are just getting started in a sport,
1: tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started in the clay target world. How I got started in the clay target world. It's uh, So back in 1993, I was doing some shooting with friends and stuff, probably had shot sporting clays for a couple of years, just occasionally. And uh, I was involved in the hunter education program in Minnesota. And one of the uh, events that they did was for the instructors and they had the different shooting disciplines there. And so the people that won each discipline were in charge of taking care of that discipline at next year's venue. And so they would move around the state. And so I won the Sporting Clays event and the the next year was gonna be at Camp Ripley in Minnesota. And so they didn't have any Sporting Clays, anything there. And so I was tasked with bringing Sporting Clays to Camp Ripley for a weekend. And so as it turned out, a, a friend of mine had bought a Sporting Clays Magazine, off the newsstand, the way I remember it. And another friend happened to be paging through it and saw the ad for uh, the bird brain system and five-stand Sporting Clays. And he said to me, he said, hey, here's what we need. We'll just call these guys up. I'm sure they've got a mobile one and uh, we'll bring it in. We'll, do this, we'll knock this out. You know what I mean? And so he made the call and found out there wasn't any mobile ones. Five-stand at that point was quite new. And uh, so there were just a few five-stands even in the United States at that point. Wow. So uh, that kind of kicked off the journey, honestly. Really? Yep. It's
2: funny how this stuff comes about, you know.
1: <laughs> it is indeed.
0: So your business is is Top Gun Shooting Sports. That's right. Um and the game that you pretty much pervade everybody is Make a Break. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? I mean, I'm, I know most people are probably familiar with it, but give us a quick rundown if you could. So
1: Make a Break is uh it was created by the same guy that created Five Stand, Raymond Foreman. And so his idea with Make a Break was to get to have a game that could attract an audience. He wanted to create a game that was good for TV that could bring people into the sport by visually being able to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I think '96 is when they debuted the game, South Padre Island. Scott Robertson was involved heavily in that that whole thing, and then they worked with uh, National Shooting Sports Foundation. And uh, through a grant, uh, Raymond won an award for the creation of Make-A-Break uh, from them. And then they put money behind it to get to buy airtime on ESPN and then run this series. And so basically, Make-A-Break is just a very visual game. It was the first time there had been a clay target game that had targets that were shot that had a point value on them. So as you guys know, every other game, they're worth a point, no matter how right. easy or no matter how hard. Right. So Raymond's idea was to actually... create a playing field like other games have. There's a defined, it's 50 yards wide, 70 yards deep. Targets have to be broken inside that playing field. Mm -hmm. Unlike most shooting uh, stands or positions, you've actually got a stage that's three feet high. So now the players themselves are elevated. They're up kind of above the crowd. And and you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody's watching. A a lot of guys (laughs) talk about those Four steps, you know, kind of giving them, the, them the shakes yeah. by the time they get up there, especially when there's a good crowd and, you know what I mean, when oh, the pressure's yeah.
2: on. So. I, I remember the first time Sean and I – you remember it, Cardinal. Yeah. The first time we shot it on film uh, in front of everybody, I remember him visibly shaking.
0: You know? Oh, <laughs> dude, it's, it's a lot of pressure when you get up there the first time. You're like, oh, the cow, everybody's watching us. <laughs> hey, yeah.
2: You know, I was thinking about the other day, Ed how much you travel, how many days a year are you on the road? I guess
1: I I never look at it that way. (laughs) Probably (laughs) best not to know, right? Try not to, right? (laughs) A bunch, a bunch, most of them. Uh, I want to say between uh, my son Owen and I, we do somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 events in a season. Wow. That's incredible. And all over the country. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, never get much west of, say, Colorado. Okay. Uh, Owen was in uh, Montana this year, he and Jason, Uh, they did the montana state shoot um we were up in canada back up at uh, oshawa uh, the gun club up there so east of toronto um of course everywhere down southeast and just mid united states and stuff so yeah we we cover a lot of ground that's incredible
0: Now, is there anybody else that does what you do? I know that that, uh, Mr. Foreman holds the ownership, and I'm sure you pay some kind of licensing fee or whatever for that. That's right, yep. And is there anybody else that that does it, or are you the only one?
1: um, I guess I'm not sure if there's other mobile guys. I know that uh, Dennis Linden has been a a licensee in the past, okay. and, and I guess I've not personally seen Dennis in a while, so I don't know if he's still doing it. Okay. But in general, we're kind of the only ones that... That do it at the level that it's done. Yeah,
2: I mean, you're the only one I've ever seen
0: doing right.
1: it. I've seen right. you everywhere, you right. know? Right, yeah. yeah.
2: So we, we all know you as make a break, Ed. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you said, the truth of the matter is, is that Raymond owns the license for that. So, um, and you... Every event you go to where you have a make-or-break, you basically have to pay like back to him. Like, a, Is it like a royalty
1: or is it just a fee for using the name? It's or? just a license agreement. Okay. So it's, a, it's a fee regardless of how many events or whatever oh, okay. is the current structure anyway. Gotcha. And is
2: it the same for, let's say, a, a club is hosting an event and they would like have a make-or-break there. And they say, look, Ed, we're going to have somebody there running it. It's okay. We don't need you to come in. Can they...
1: Purchase that license That's agreement? Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. They would just contact Raymond. Uh, you can get hold of them through the website, makeabreak.com, any yeah. of the social sites. And, right. Yeah. So they, they have to pay a license fee just to use the name. To use the name. So, right. we got, so it's about actually having Make-A-Break and, okay. and advertising that you've got Make-A-Break. And so one of the things is we want to try and keep some consistency there too. We don't really want the... Somebody to buy the make-a-break license and then do the spray-painted plywood and no stage. Yeah, and you, right. know, you guys have seen all the. <coughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Got to do it right. Yeah, you got to do yeah, it right. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's 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 an image. If uh, if I invited you guys out for a game of baseball and I brought you out in the field that wasn't mowed and there was maybe only three bases out there and you, you see where I'm going, yeah. no no baselines, no nothing. You'd be like, eh, this isn't baseball. This is backyard ball. Right, you know right. I mean? <laughs> right, yeah, right. So it's the same thing. It's about creating an image if you're going to create an audience you've got to have some consistency and you've got to have an area that people want to be at that they want to see right, right? so you guys the field that we set up currently uh, obviously depending on what club we're at and what the train is like it changes a little bit but you guys have seen that it's attractive you know what i mean all the colors and the flags and all the stuff going on video boards and sound you know what i mean it's all about creating an environment that people want to be at. Well, and we've
0: noticed we go to these bigger events, we see you there, we see you at the Jack Links, we see you at all, at all of our local tournaments, the bigger ones the Ohio State shoot. Yeah. And it seems to us every year it grows and yeah. it draws a bigger and bigger and bigger crowd. So that's got to make you feel great, right? <laughs> it does, it
1: does. <laughs> I mean, we've been, it's one of those that uh, Raymond Foreman and I, I always joke about, being a, a twenty-year overnight success, you know what I mean. It just takes yeah. twenty years to be the overnight. So, success.
2: but it, I mean, you're you can comfortably say it, it grows exponentially every year. Yep. Yeah.
1: We've we've made huge progress in the last five years, and and frankly, guys, when I added the sound and really turned it into a show, and really that that started, we'd had that idea back in I'm going to say two thousand somewhere's in that ballpark. We really came up with a concept of the music and just the way this whole thing would kind of fit together. And so 2005, we did a, a, a TV pilot in Branson, uh, put up a bunch of money and had a huge uh, sound and light company out of, out of uh, Toronto come and light it, uh, done shot at night, tracer ammo. Most people don't know that it ever happened, have never seen the pictures, but it's it's basically it looks like Star Wars kind of, you know, with the <laughs> tracers and all the stuff. Right. And it was it was amazing, you know, and again the sound and the walk-up music and just that whole environment it was all flash targets, targets were painted, the color of the cubes, powder right. in the targets was the color of the targets, you know. What I mean, it was it was really cool. Very and so cool. we would had the the concept for a long time, but again, even after we did that event. Then it's always the, the the game of trying to find the money to get behind it, right? To get it to do a yeah. TV series. And at that time, we couldn't find a way to make it cost effective. You know what I mean? With the with the airtime and the commercial time that you could have in there to to make money, we couldn't produce the show for the amount of money that we could make even. So yeah. So the whole thing kind of went by the wayside, and kind of 2017, 18, right in there is when. I decided, you know, I'm going to see what elements of that I can just pull into my everyday show. You know what I mean? My everyday being at a club, make a break, and start to grow it that way, you know? So. Yeah.
2: Well, I remember it was a couple of years back, uh, Jody Johnson from Rhino Chokes called me. He says, uh, hey, what do you think about two big, cool, giant choke tubes, one on each side <laughs> of the stage, shooting off, blah, blah, I'm like, Jody, that kind of sounds wild. He goes, no, 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 no. And he, he tried to talk me into it, and then I... <laughs> I kind of laughed at first, but then I hung up the phone. I was like, wow, well, that's kind of a neat idea. Next thing I know, <laughs> the next time I see you, have got these two giant rhino chokes <laughs> on the side of the make or break. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. So, but, uh, I, I mean. And so, not-
1: guys, too. So, we'd just done the, uh, I believe it was a regional, was at uh, the Meadows, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, we just, so I started out, as I mentioned earlier, added sound. And so I had sound for the first year. I think it was the second year already. So let's say 2019 that I added the CO2 jets. And I'm just working with uh, a kind of a, a stage guy. He does sports events, uh, professional basketball, football and stuff back in Minnesota. And so just kind of picking his brain to see how I yeah. could tie it in. And so start doing the CO2 jets. And so Jody and those guys had just seen the show the night before. And so Sunday morning, I come, you know, to open up and get ready. And these guys are standing there. They introduce themselves and like, Hey, what do you think about some choke tubes over there? I'm like, dude, that's a great idea. <laughs> Why not,
0: right? Why not? Yeah. Um so we recently had uh Blaze Whitehead and Sean Cameron on and Sean was telling us how ate up he's gotten with the sport. He goes, "Man, he goes, before I knew it, he goes, I was just going up there and just buying round after round, <laughs> after round, after round trying to trying to trying to win the tournament, try to, or try to win the uh, the money and all that stuff. Do you see a lot of guys or and gals like consistently like certain persons that are always up there yes competing to win and
1: there's got to be an i mean i don't know the psychology behind it but i suppose like gambling or anything yeah, else right. got, <laughs> they gotta win, come on. it's yeah. got its own addiction because i think it's one of those things you know if you're going out to shoot like say 50 or 100 sporting plays i mean it's a task right you're going to mm-hmm. go out and shoot 100 targets and to mentally be in the game for all those targets it's it's a job But this, it's just in bites. You know what I mean? It's only ten pair of targets, ten number ones and ten, you know, two through seven and then four choices. So it it just I think it's one of those things it always feels like, you know what, I can manage this. That I just gotta pull together one good game and I'm gonna have a qualifying score, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's also a little
0: bit of an ego trip too, because there's all kinds of people that call each other out. You know, there's little, little <laughs> grudges and little side bets going on. I mean, we see it all, all, all the time when we, when we go to these shoots. Um, I mean, it, it's amazing how fun, and you see people just laughing yeah. and cracking up and they'll, they'll drop like that one bird. And like, oh, you know, I'm ruined. And you know, they go on about it. it it's hysterical. So oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. It draws a big crowd. And, yeah. and with all the music and the LED screens and stuff, I mean, you hear you all over the course, you know, when we right. you're down by the clubhouses and stuff. So everybody's like, oh, make a, Break
2: is and they're, <laughs> yeah, they're heading exactly. over. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and how many times is it eating us up? That number seven target for oh. because it's windy or whatever, and you get up there and then you, you miss the one. Yes. It's like, really. Yeah. I just yeah, you're like the really focusing on
0: yeah. that seven. That one comes like crap on oh, there. I shoot it again. Then you miss it again. Then you really feel like a a dumb dumb. Yeah, but,
2: and it always seems to happen for you and I when there's about 50 people standing behind. Right. It, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like we
1: listen to these guys on the podcast. <laughs> Good Lord.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got faces yeah. for uh, for radio.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I hear you
2: there, guys. Um, so in an example like Brian, with all the advertisers coming on board, it's getting more and more attention. Right. Uh, you know, is that something that you always had in mind
1: was to have the advertisers and the sponsors of the event? Absolutely. Yeah. When Jody and Scott approached me that Sunday morning and they, you know, gave me some suggestions, I I hadn't, mind you, thought of the choke tubes on the CO2 jets, but just about the boundaries and the cubes. And we already knew that they were all, they were all identified as properties, right? We knew that all these things could, could happen. Um, So it was one of those things where I wanted to to get have a few sponsors ready to go. So we didn't kind of partway do it. You know what I mean? So then yeah. it looks nice right out the gate. And so that really came on fast, honestly. So Jody and those guys got on. And I want to say in that same year, so 2021, I suppose, was the end of um, federal... Uh, Jason Nash, those guys. I've been with uh, Browning you know, since 1996, I believe. Wow. It's been a great relationship with those guys. Uh, Promatic since 2015. And like I say, so just bringing them on. So with Federal, of course, was Remington. You know right. what I mean? So we got those guys on there. Um, so yeah, it's just... Uh, and then uh, Rhino Chokes coming on board and stuff. So that had the cubes all filled out. Uh, Federal took the two number ones. And then they've got uh, the Remington 3 and then the uh, Federal Top Gun 6. And so then I already had Browning on two, and uh, I guess White Flyer is the other one that was. Yeah. I reached out to Robert right after I got off the phone with Federal, and I was saving the four for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I just, the orange four, it's got to be White Flyer. So, so the seven's available, right? Seven, seven is the Rhino Choke seven. Oh, okay, so that's yeah, right. Yeah, right, so we've right. got. So I had them all literally. I had them all wrapped up just in a couple of weeks time. Wow. So we had all that stuff printed to roll out for the twenty two season then, right. and then since then we've had uh, Bear Pelt has come on. And so they're on the boundaries now. So we're starting to enclose the field. The back boundary, you'll see that screen up that's got, you know, the Make a Break logos and the game Mm -hmm. and Top Gun Shooting Sports. And I've got Federal, Remington, Promatic, Browning is on there. And so now the front boundary is the next one that we're kind of enclosing. So getting rid of the flags and making that nice screen up there. And so Bear Pelt's on there. We're being joined this year by uh, Clay Target Vision. They're coming on. They're the biggest PILA distributor. So they're going to be with us for the uh, 24 season. And then uh, Tetra Hearing is going to be joining us as well. So nice. gotcha. excited to have those guys on too. Well, you know, you've always done it very professionally, but now it 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 just looks like when you
2: walk over to that area where the make-or-break right. it, it just now you got that appeal, that feel of I'm getting up on the big stage, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, like I said, you've always done it very professional. Yeah. I mean, thank you. but it's just now it's it's got the the allure of it just looking across the field it's like oh i'm gonna go shoot that you know <laughs> so um hey listen i got a lot more questions a lot more i want to dive into but uh tracy wright is waiting on us we're going to call him for questions for the coaches real quick so we will be right back the dead all right welcome back to the show mr tracy wright how are you my friend
3: I'm doing good, guys. It's good to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Tracy, how's it been going, man? You've been staying busy with the shooting or, or other stuff?
3: Oh, man. I am coaching so much, I think I forgot how to shoot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to uh, I got to slow down and give myself a chance behind the gun, honestly.
0: Yeah, you but, can't forget uh, what that's all about, right?
3: That's right. That's right. But crazy busy in a good way, I guess. That's cool.
2: People are hot to try it for Tracy Wright and wanting to know, pick his brain. So, Sean, you want to, <laughs> I think this gentleman's from Australia, huh, Sean? Yeah, so
0: we got a letter back in August from a guy named Brad Willis, and I'm sure he'll be listening to this. Uh, and he sent us a nice letter about being from Australia, uh, and he asked specifically to speak to you about these questions. So I'm going to ask the first question, awesome. I'll let Jason take the second one. All right, um, sure. I'll try to paraphrase this as much as I can, it's a little lengthy. Uh, His first question, in working and fine-tuning a pre-shot routine, is it acceptable to use positive internal self-talk mantras or words along the way at key points within the routine itself or just before stepping into the station to highlight, calm, relax, and remind myself before arriving at the quiet mind and calling pole?
3: Uh, The answer is definitely yes. Um. I have been known to do the same thing and I actually tell students to do this thing. Okay. But I like to limit it to one or two key phrases Um, in psychology. Like if, you know, for instance, if we're treating a client for um, a specific issue, we will usually only address or um, one to two issues at a time. There might be five or 10 different uh, behaviors that we're treating under a diagnosis But we really trim it down because that's effectively uh, all we can do at a time. So absolutely, one or two key phrases somewhere in your process or in your pre-shot routine is good.
0: Okay, excellent. I'm sure Brad will be happy to hear that.
2: Well, I'm I'm sure... Brad, if you're listening, you want to use positive affirmation instead of the stuff that I told myself after the first pair, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Definitely keep it positive uh, in my teaching, you're gonna and the my next self-talk. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything is uh, is positive-based.
2: Uh, well, in relation to that, after you've busted the first pair, uh, the second part of his question is, could Tracy elaborate and explain, should we be using a post-shot routine and why, And is it different across the disciplines of sporting clay, ski and trap, depending on what game we play?
3: Um, you know, I mean, so the way that I look at, so the process is basically in my mind, it's what are all the key components to a perfect shot, um, you know based off the presentation what is going to make it perfect that's going to be like method selection it's going to be maybe a spot or some detail on the target it's going to be insertion points basically where do you insert while you're initiating your move and your method Uh, method selection a lot of time is all about that and then my pre-shot routine is all about the execution phase so it's basically it's kind of like running a powerpoint of your process with some components in there that basically help you kind of monitor brain speed and to ensure you're in that that optimum area so you need to be calm but alert um but yes absolutely and i think i also think it's really important to have um a post shot analyst because it keeps referring you back to your process, you need as many factors during your pre or your pre-shot routine and your post-shot analyst to keep you kind of going back to your process.
2: Um, Tracy, for us dummies, yes, I'm speaking about me. Explain that the difference between a post-shot routine and a post-shot analyst.
3: So a pre-shot routine and a so basically your so your pre-shot routine is execution, your post-shot analyst is basically analyzing the shot. So how well was your plan, basically? So, So,
2: okay, but what I'm saying is there's really not a lot of difference between the post-shot routine and the post-shot analysis, right? As far as... Correct. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was getting at. Well, I, I didn't know if you were giving me some kind of voodoo over there, Tracy. I'm like, what are you doing? Here? So,
3: <laughs> so that's your opportunity to make changes to your process. Okay. So basically if you don't completely feel connected, if you're not in the middle of that target, there's most likely something that you can change to help you get a little bit more connected. And that's your opportunity to kind of evaluate the shot was everything, was your plan correct in your process and then it allows you, that's your opportunity to basically relabel things and uh, make corrections to your process if needed.
2: I'm sure that, and, and it's okay, I, I'm going to, well, I'm asking you all kind of questions here, Tracy. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, so in relation to that, I'm sure this changes as you get more towards the top of the game. But a lot of times for me in that post shot, and when you said you may even change how you approach the target, right? Like your method or whatever. Yeah. A lot of the times for me, if if I'm slowing myself down and actually asking myself, "Did you execute your plan?" Ninety yes. percent of the time, if it's a miss, it's no. So mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. that I picked the wrong lead or the wrong, uh, you know, the wrong move or the wrong method. Ninety percent of the time, I did not execute my plan. Would you agree that as you get more into the top or the upper echelon of the game? it's not so much did you execute is, you know, did you see it well or was your whole point off? Am I right in saying that?
3: So I I would honestly, I almost feel like it's the other way. So I almost feel like newer shooters are probably a struggle a little bit more to execute their plan. And I think that more experienced shooters, it's usually something a little bit more subtle, like insertion point or visual discipline when they pulled the trigger. Right. Um, For me, it's usually, um, did I nail my insertion point, and was I visually disciplined when I pulled the trigger? Gotcha. Usually, is what I'm trying to fine tune.
0: Well, Tracy, we really appreciate the time, man. It's always great to have you on the show, and and obviously, all your knowledge can help our listeners a great deal.
3: Thanks so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, guys.
0: All right, we'll talk to you soon. Talk soon, Trace. Take care. The
2: dead pair. It's always good to hear from Tracy, and it, Sean?
0: Yeah, he's a great coach and a lot of information.
2: Wealth of knowledge. Um, Ed, getting back into things, um, so is there any ideas for changing anything in the game or maybe throwing an entirely new game or any quirks or anything you guys have discussed that you can share with us?
1: Not really. I would say that... Wait, wait, uh, wait. Not really you can <laughs> share with us or not really that you're going to change? <laughs> no, uh, some of both, really. And, uh, okay. So there's really no... I mean, the game. I think is really the game that we want to have overall. Make a break the way it is now. You know, what I mean, some people don't like to have to shoot at the number one target. I say it's well, if you don't miss it, it's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but guilty. It's one of th- guilty. The, the reason it's there, the reason Ray Foreman put it in there, is just what you talked about before, Jason. You're you've got to focus on it as well. And so, yeah. Any of the, any of the big guns, any of the pro shooters will tell you that. Your shooting brain and your math brain, your you know the logical reasoning brain are two different areas. You know what I mean. Yeah. So part of the challenge of make a break is that you're you're stepping out of your shooting mindset. You know what I mean. When you've got to stop and look at the scoreboard and do the math, and you're, you're like you guys talked about, you were doing a tournament or shooting head to head for charity, so you've got an audience watching you. It's on the line. You don't want to look silly, right? So, but you got to stop and do this math, decide what you're going to shoot. And I think what happens to a lot of guys with all that pressure is they're thinking about the big move the, yeah. the the big points target right whether that's the three or the seven whatever it is and they, if that one if you're not paying attention and locked in in your it, brain it will bite you been there done that <laughs> that's for it sure will bite you. it will sting <laughs> yes um so like i say just i just want to say again the game the way it's created i think is the game that we want to take forward and that has the legs you know what yeah. i mean to to go the distance as far as new games uh, Raymond has got a, a couple in the hopper. Oh, nice! That would be uh, it would be incredible. Uh, there's one in particular that I'm looking forward to, and I'm just not sure at this point when that might come about to okay. kind of think about it. But right. it's uh, it's in the works for sure.
2: Well, as far as the, the, the game as as it is, I I love it. I think it's awesome. What about like I, you know you're down there writing scores in right? Yep. What about like a digital scoreboard?
1: Right. Has that never been thought about or talked about? Not not only has it been thought about, but it's been talked about and it's it's been created already. Oh, really? So we were ready, I want to say July, somewhere in there is when the uh, computer, the programmer guys and stuff had everything ready to go. And so this is more than just a scoreboard. This will be, honestly, for clubs looking forward that want to have make a break, this would take my place really so part of the challenge i think from a club perspective is you've got somebody in there if they don't really know the game you know what i mean you've got a a kid let's say in there that's just going to throw the targets or whatever they if they don't know the game well it slows everything down and let's face it it's just not the same game if you're waiting for somebody to do the scoring and all the rest right so so this system uh basically it's still part of the bird brain computer thing you know what i mean but it's its own program it'll do the score it'll throw the targets like it's I'll be able to do even like on the tournament stuff. So when we're playing for a top eight or qualifying and stuff like that, this will have the queue. So when you come sign up, you're gonna be able to eventually, when all the stuff that's programmed into this is put into play, it'd be about like the Promatic Claymate system where you can come up with your card. As soon as you put it on the thing, it's gonna recognize Sean, Jason, whatever. It's gonna know your class, your information you're basically gonna download credits onto that system and you're gonna decide if you wanna play practice or you wanna to shoot to qualify. It's gonna keep track of all that. There'll then be on that screen, it'll be a queue line. People will be able to just look and see where they are in the queue about how long it's gonna be before they shoot. There'll also be another screen that shows the placing of everybody. So now if you're playing, let's say, the, if you're in the top class or the second class, whatever it is, you can see who the top eight or top four scores are currently, what those scores are. When you get up to actually play the game, as you shoot and make your decisions, you'll get to see all the time. It'll be telling you what your possible score is if you pick the highest targets. You know Oh, I mean? so wow. So you're going to be able to see that. You That's know, very cool. So this
2: scoreboard's out in front of the shooters even. Yeah. Yep. So they don't. there's no sitting there looking around the corner at your right. board. Right. They, they know it's up in front of them what they got to yep. hit. Oh, I,
1: I'm, wow. Again, part of this right now is trying to figure out logistics, right? So right now I'm thinking off to the left side a little bit, corner, diagonally. One of the things I'm looking at is the auto loaders chucking empty shells yeah. against TV screens. You know I mean? There's right. always those kind of things you got to yeah, yeah. take into consideration. But right now I'm thinking left side. That way, and the other thing for me logistically is to try and have as few screens as possible, right? So just the amount of stuff that we already truck around. So have that screen so that the players can see it, so that I, as a referee, can see that screen as well will be good. There'll be the screen behind me where people are signing up. They can see the queue line scores, all of that. And then based on that system or whatever, we should be able to, you know, they they can hook up with all the different technology too, the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever, right? I mean, if they want to run it on a screen in the clubhouse or whatever, we'll we'll have that technology or those options available as well. That is very cool. Looking forward to it. Like I say, it's just the challenge for us, honestly, as you guys mentioned before, it seems like we're at the big events. And so the challenge has been, when do we bring this in and really test, you know what I mean? As far as how we want it set up and just work through the logistics of it has been a challenge, Time to find the time and the event that we can do that.
2: The one thing about that that will disappoint me, though, is the guys that stand up there, and, Ed, you do this every day, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Guys that stand up there, and they're up by one point, and they think they got to choose a 1-7. Right. (laughs) It's like, why are you doing that? Just pick a 1-3. Make the guy fight for his next set of points, you know? Right. One seven, and then they hit the one and miss a seven. It's like, okay, great. Now you're two points up. All he's got to do is hit a one three, and he just
0: smoked it. But then it you're right. under, you're making the assumption that people's brains work normally under pressure.
1: <laughs> they don't. When well, they but,
2: with do this, but with this taking that math out of the equation and it telling them this is all you need to hit. Absolutely. Right. Then you don't see him bombing that seven all the time. Yeah. How many, I, I'm sorry, Sean. I know you got a question for me. I, I, real quick, while this is on the tip of my brain. How many targets do you load in that seven machine versus all the other machines?
1: Yeah. So the six and the seven typically are going to eat up. So ones are 50% of the targets. And between that six and seven, that's easily another 30% of the targets <laughs> they yeah. Wow.
2: I see it all the time. <laughs> Guys are, we've, we've done it. But um Well, yep, other so
0: than good. make or break, I mean, you also do some other stuff. So you help out with, with regular sporting events and clubs and stuff like that. As you travel around the country, what is your general consensus here in the last few years? I mean, do you feel the sport's growing and continuing to, to push forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it is. I, the numbers seem to be up at a lot of the events and that sort of thing. So uh, to your point, when we come into any of these facilities, each of our trailers has uh, roughly 42 machines, respectively, on it. One's got 44, one's doing 40 right now. And so we come in and... and do the make a break but then the rest of those machines are being used by the club somewhere whether it's on a main event course a practice course five stands you you name it you know what i mean so we we're kind of full service in that regard you know what i mean we bring a pretty good size footprint as far as machines in for these clubs to use but yeah the, like you say everything's come up uh it's it's been on a reasonable increase especially the kids stuff man uh, you know those oh, we, yeah. we've started mm-hmm. to roll into doing more of those events i mean obviously the future is there and so we're trying to do some of the, the uh, kids events, the bigger state shoots, that sort of thing, SCTP type stuff, and regional events to just get get it growing there more. Uh, SCTP nationals, of course, is huge for us. Oh yeah. I mean, there we had three make breaks this year, and there was lines at them. You know, I mean, all day basically for yeah. that 12, um,
2: twelve days or whatever. Right. And speaking of that, speaking of the youth. You're working on something that's going to be huge for this sport. Okay. I really believe that. Okay, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be the what? What did I call it earlier, Sean? It's going to be the, uh, the, the days, days of thunder, thunder for yeah. our sport for, for yeah. sporting clays, right? Um, tell us a little bit about that, Ed.
1: So, yes. as much as you can, as anyway. much as I can. So, so basically, um, as I had mentioned before, we did that 2005 footage down in Branson, and we'd been working for quite some time to try and get like a TV show series, something like that. And through that process we met uh, we met a guy by the name of russell jones it's uh, in the in the movie industry and so he's done tv and movie as well and got to talking to him about the feasibility and just trying to how could we pull this off and so he didn't know as much about the shooting side and so i said you know what why don't you uh, why don't you come to the shot show i'll get you at the shot show and maybe we'll meet some people i'll introduce you to some guys and you know see what what you think we could maybe do and so one of those meetings was tom wandrash with sctp and I will never forget, we're sitting there and Russell's sitting across the table and Tom's talking about the kids and all this. And all once this big grin starts to come over Russell's face and his head starts bobbing a little bit. You know what I mean? And he doesn't doesn't say much. You know what I mean? We get out of that meeting, I'm like, Russell, what's the a movie? We gotta do a movie. He said, you know, the, the Transformers is a two hour commercial for for General Motors. He said, he said, we'll do a movie for this sport. He said that and he said, think of the possibility as far as the advertisement wow. and just so cool. Spreading it, you know. So yeah. That is amazing. The idea was launched and within that same, so this was early January 2018. That summer already we had, uh, with the help of Cardinal Center, uh, we did second unit footage there. And so the idea is really kind of, if everybody's seen the Mighty Ducks movie, this is the Mighty Ducks with shotguns. So the whole backstory, you know what I mean? That the team that's not so good and the, the romance kind of between the the new coach and the and the, uh, the the love interest of the past, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of family aspects to this too. Uh, our character's relationship with his father is strained. It starts off that he's trying to make the Olympics is really how the movie is going to kick off one of the earlier scenes. And then through a series of events, he leaves shooting altogether and then kind of comes back again, through a series of events and gets roped into helping this kind of ragtag bunch of kids become a a shooting team. Wow. Well, you know
0: what's so cool about this? I mean, me and Jason, we talk all the time on the show about bringing new people in and introducing people to the sport. So, But one of the hard things to do is to try to explain to people that have never seen it what's actually happening. I mean, we equate it, you know, golf with shotguns, (laughs) uh, that kind of stuff. But the amazing thing is... If you actually get a person out on the course, right. and you put a gun in their hand, and you watch them break their first target, it's like something miraculous happens. Yeah, that's yeah. A and, and until they do that, yep. they, you just can't explain it or let them or allow them to visualize what's really going on.
1: I was just at an event a couple of weeks ago back in Minnesota. It's a, a Rochester area. Builders do a big event. And so the guy that heads that up, that, that just switched positions this year. So it was a guy that's got a ton of experience with golf, had never fired a gun in his life he said, we were visiting about a little bit. He's watching them shoot sporting clays. And he's just amazed at this thing that's happening. You know what I mean? I'd set up a 20 station course on private property and they've got where they had, I think they had 180 people out there or something, you know? And so he's watching, he said, this is amazing. So they do a kid's event two days later. And I said, you know, if you want, I'd be happy to, you know, introduce you, help, you know, take some shots. I can get you to break a few targets. And so he took me up on that on that Saturday. And to your point, Sean... When I think it was either his second at the most, it was his third shot. He crushes the target and and it was, it was miraculous. Yeah, yep. He's almost yep. levitating the yeah. smile. Yep. I and mean, this guy's in his fifties, oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And the smile that came over his face is
2: so gratifying.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, I, had, I had the same
0: thing happen last weekend. I was, I was uh, at the kids in clay event and one of the guys on the squad borrowed a shotgun Never really fired a shotgun. Right. And for the first two or three stations, he's really struggling. Hasn't broken a target yet. And I'm watching him. And all of a sudden, I realize he's got his head crooked all the way over to the <laughs> right. And I'm like, are you left eye dominant? And he goes, I don't know. I've never I've never tried. And he goes, uh, so I did the test. Yeah. Sure enough, he's left eye dominant. I said, put that gun in your left shoulder. The minute he did that on the second target, he broke it. And then the rest of the day, <laughs> all smiles, all happy. <laughs> he was ready to go. He goes, well, I'm going to buy a left-handed gun. I'm like, yes, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you should.
1: Um, the movie, does it have a name? The movie, the name that we're going with right now is called One Last Shot. Nice. One Last Shot. Very cool.
2: Now you guys have some social media and stuff where people can follow along with all this and see some promotional stuff,
1: right? Yep. So, so we're working on that right now. In fact, we're out here on a scouting mission, getting stuff ready. We're kind of in the pre-production stages right now, the... The hope is to be filming everything actually at SCTP Nationals next summer, and then either side of the actual event. Okay, but that that the filming will happen live at that, and so obviously SCTP plays a big role in it with the kids' teams and and that sort of thing, and so. Uh, yeah, they're Very we'll, cool. We'll have all that stuff up and going here just in the next couple of weeks. But uh, we awesome. On an exciting trajectory right You're still, now. Still, yeah. still doing some little uh, actor interviews to see who's going to line up for this. Or? Yeah, that's that's not really my my yeah. department. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but but I'm keeping abreast of all that. And there's they've got some pretty cool names that they're talking with right now. Uh, yeah, I know. I got the phone call. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, Sean, how do you do yeah, <laughs> Every day, man. Every day,
2: it's
1: a struggle. <laughs> Oh, hey! I
2: got to be good for something. I ain't good for anything else. I got to have some one-liners. So, but um, Ed, I, you know your business. You not only put on make-or-break events. Um, you help clubs out with traps when they need to Help put on events. If somebody's looking to get a hold of you, what's the best way to find you? So,
1: honestly, they, we we haven't done a Top Gun shooting sports website. We're on Instagram and stuff. But honestly, just my phone number is okay. is the way to get hold of me. So. is my is my number that's directly to me so
0: you've heard the man in charge there he is yeah well
1: we're gonna put that right down in the show description too so if
2: anybody's hearing this and they need to follow up with you you know they can go right to the show description and check it out um you know sean every week we tell someone or tell everybody take someone new shooting take them to a tournament Man, take them up shoots shoot some Make-A-Break.
0: Heck yes. You know Heck what I yes. mean?
2: Uh, show them how much fun we have. I think we have more fun at make break than we do the tournament. Well, and list, half huh? the
0: fun's in. He makes you feel like a rock star when he's up there calling out your numbers. I know, <laughs> right?
2: You know, well... It's not me <laughs> well not me either but <laughs> you, you still feel good when yeah. you're up there <laughs> all right and i'll go with a One, seven. one point
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: okay all yeah.
1: Yeah. then that's your call the part i didn't see sean is i didn't even look at the seven when he shot i didn't know what the score <laughs> <that one.
0: laughs> he had some intuition
2: <laughs> i asked for that one i asked for that one
1: but no you both you guys when you're up there doing your charity stuff i mean it's the fun thing about Make-A-Break is it's, it, let's face it, we're in an age that's big on instant gratification. Yeah. And so now we don't have to get to the end of the 14-station course to find out who the winner is. You know what I mean? It's back and forth, right. shot to shot. Yep. And so at any moment, you can take the lead or lose the lead. you know Yeah. So well, it, what's neat about it is, it, is it's heads up. Right. You know, you're shooting against
2: the guy next to you. Yeah. You know, you're not shooting against a whole tournament full of people. Right. right. It's you and the guy next to you, you know, and it, that's, <laughs> I think that's what makes it fun. Well, and
0: even if you don't win the tournament or place or whatever, if you can go up there and beat somebody at make a break, then you can walk. Walk home with your head <laughs> held high, like I won that. You know I got that going on.
2: Well, <laughs> the last five times I shot against you, that's why I got gratified because you kicked my butt on the course. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, come on, Sean, let's go shoot some make a break. You know, so, it right, happened in Chicago. That saw it firsthand. Yeah, you know? yeah. no, I uh, fell apart, wheels
0: came off, and the frame was dragging the ground. Uh, so, all
2: right, Sean Alley walks out of the 16. Jason's on the 42. You know, so but that was it. Eh, might not have been that far <laughs> apart, but you know, it's your story. You tell it the way you want to. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll give you a 26. (laughs) but now it's it's just a lot of fun and i think this is another reason you know like like i said we tell everybody every week take somebody new shoot and take them to a tournament but this is part of the fun that happens at a tournament absolutely and you know i think if more people would take it seriously what we tell them every week and you know set a goal for yourself to you know this year i'm taking two new people yeah you know if if they if it's not their thing and they don't want to keep doing it that's fine maybe even they can enjoy it recreationally yeah and you know? if
0: you're if you're a local shooter stretch your legs a little bit get out of state yes. go to some of the big blasts you know visit a, a regional visit the jack links visit the nationals i mean it's it's worth going just to experience it
2: and you know ed i was looking at your facebook page earlier it's got all the events you're going to be at throughout the yeah, year that's you know? right yep so if anybody's intrigued by this podcast talking to you and they're like you know what i think i'm going to try that they can go right on that facebook page and find an event yep. so that's
1: all make up make makeabreak.com or then make a uh official make a break is instagram and like you say facebook as well yeah and so that schedule's up there uh that's current uh schedule right now date so we're still adding to that that's not our final schedule for 2024 but we've got a a ton of them up there already
2: very cool so
1: yeah come come check us out come see it yeah good absolutely well we got some sponsors we got to thank elite shotguns you
2: know uh browning is part of your program and they can go to elite shotguns and get themselves a browning absolutely Um, amongst others amongst others yes uh you were both i don't know how this happened we're gonna have to talk to each other's wives but we're (laughs) both wearing fioki shirts today gotta represent gotta represent um love me some fioki ammunition little rhinos uh bear pelt now now also a part of your program yep Um, excited
1: to have those guys on yeah fantastic
2: yeah we just had zach and desi on talking about some new products from them excited about that yep uh atlas traps no ed i'm I'm, I'm gonna refrain i'll be nice be good i'll be nice so uh but no american made atlas traps we love atlas traps by the way just talked to scott manspeaker from atlas traps on the way in and he has donated an at50 for the dead pair blast uh oh nice we are going to random draw uh an entrant uh, just pulled their name, and they're going to be the recipient of a brand-new AT50 for oh, your backyard. That's, that's so, very nice. Um, RE Ranger also heard from them recently, Sean. Yes, we did. Yes, we uh, did. They're going to have some swag packs to give away at the Dead Pro Blast. Uh, Odo Pro Technologies. Love us some Odo Pro. Those girls over there are awesome. Uh, Call Dr. Grace. She'll sort you out. Yes, and I think they said they wanted to do something for Dead Pro Blast. Yeah, we're I think sh-
0: they were going to send some uh, some of the
2: foamies or the, the moldable yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and back up on that, Bear Pelt is donating gun socks, gun socks. to all the winners of each class uh, at the Dead Pair Blast. Of course, Rhino Chokes, Ed, again, a uh, fellow sponsor of yours. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got the fireworks shooting
0: that, off. That's the new Jason gun right there. That way your pattern's as big as a trash can <laughs> lid. So
2: <sighs> This isn't on film, so nobody saw that.
0: Ed, Ed saw it. He laughed, so it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All
2: right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the edited portion of the podcast. Uh, Don Grant, you know, she needs a specific mental training course for make a break. Because Ooh. that's a whole different mindset on that make-or-break yeah. stage than it is on a tournament. Man. Yeah, get that pressure up. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh The lovely Miss Don Grant. Of course, Vero Beach Clay Shooting, uh, home of the Dead Pair Blast, yeah. December 1st and 2nd. Uh, Ed, you visit that place every once in a while. You like that club, don't you? I love the club, yes. Beautiful club. Um, do you? Are you going to be setting up there anywhere this I'm, year?
1: I'm not scheduled to be there right now. But okay. I've been down there with uh, with uh, some of the guys, the other sponsors and stuff, just helping out. Yeah. Um, of course, White Flyer Targets, I know you throw you some White Flyer Targets. Love my White Flyer Targets,
0: absolutely. Yes,
2: we uh, we love to cuss them on one and seven. So uh, <laughs> Yes, we do. But, uh, and then, of course, Score Chaser, uh, sign up for a tournament anywhere that Ed is going to be. Lovely Miss Casey Chase. And we're going to be talking to her here soon, along with White Flyer, in an upcoming, uh, upcoming episode, so... Well, Sean Alley, what do you think, buddy?
0: I think this has been great, Ed. It's great to have you in studio. I yes. think you're doing such great things with the sport. Um, really excited about the movie, obviously. Yeah. So that's very yeah. cool to share with us. Um, and yeah, good luck at the at all the events coming up. So, thank, thank you, guys. It's been my pleasure
1: to be here. Thanks for any, the invite. Any, any closing thoughts, Ed? You're just going to have to have to have me back again. I'll keep you up to date on the movie. Is I this love thing it. Progresses. Yeah, don't
0: time. threaten us with a good time. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> you're welcome anytime. Now, now we got two studios, one in Florida, one in Ohio. So, anytime you're in either place, look us up and you're welcome to come, come in. Come on in. in. Yeah. All
1: right. Great. I'll Absolutely.
2: Well, Sean Alley,
0: until next week, catch you all back here on the Dead Pair Podcast.
1: We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast. The Dead Pair,
0: the Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by Elite Shotguns and Vero Beach Clay Shooting and is fueled by Fioki USA. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tompley. Special thanks to the following sponsors.
1: Bear Pelt, Rhino, Odo Pro, Don Grant, Atlas Trap Company, RE Ranger, and White Flyer Targets.